my faithful and loyal readers and the listeners. Welcome to another segment of First of the Day. Today's first comes from John 14:26. It says, But the Counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. So the Counselor identified here is the Holy Spirit. For a New Testament Christian, the most important Spirit is the fact that He is holy. That is to say, our relationship with the Holy Spirit is not simply about what He provides for us, but about His character and who He is. The Holy Spirit, referring to God, holiness means purity, perfection, completeness, and separation from evil. The Holy Spirit's character, along with the expression of that character in the lives of Christ followers, is what matters most. Those who serve Jesus and have the Spirit living in them must reflect His holiness through moral purity, spiritual wholeness, and integrity, separation from evil, and devotion to God's purposes. When the Spirit's character is evident in our lives, we will have greater spiritual power and be more effective in communicating Christ's message to others. Today's Bible readings are Exodus, I mean Leviticus 6, 1 through 7, 27, number 3, 7 through 30, Psalm 37, 1 through 11, and Proverbs 10, 3 through 4. primary call of a disciple 
never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. That's Mark 3, 20 through 30. So we immediately notice two things as we come to this the conclusion of today's passage. The first thing is that Jesus' family thought he was crazy. And the second thing is the religious leaders thought Jesus was possessed by demons. And as we all know, both of those things, both of those beliefs, excuse me, are dead wrong. Jesus was neither crazy nor was he demon-possessed. That leads us to our actual focus for today, which is power and authority over Satan and demons. So Jesus came to earth to destroy the work of Satan, to establish God's kingdom, and to free us from Satan's power. One of the main themes in Mark's gospel is Jesus' constant aim to defeat Satan and his demonic powers. In Mark 3.27, Jesus puts into action this part, the principle behind this spiritual conflict with Satan and his powers, and in, in his use of the phrase like tying up the strong man, which is Satan, and robbing or plundering his house, which is setting free those who were slaves to Satan, or possessed by demonic powers, and reclaiming their lives for God's kingdom. Jesus overcomes the enemy by driving out the demons or evil spirits. So driving out or casting out means that Jesus is exercising his authority to force demonic powers to give up control of people whose lives and bodies have been in Satan's control. So now let's talk a little bit about Satan and demons. So Satan, meaning accuser or adversary in Hebrew, was once a great angel, created perfect and good. He was appointed to serve directly around God's throne in heaven. Yet before the world began, he became filled with pride and rebelled against God. As a result, he became God's primary enemy and an enemy to all humanity as well. We must, however, keep in mind that Satan is not, keyword there, not equal with God. He is a created being, and his power must yield to the superior power of God. God is omnipresent everywhere at the same time, omnipotent, all-powerful, and omniscient or all-knowing. But Satan has none of these characteristics, therefore most of his activity is assigned to demons. In his rebellion against God, Satan misled, excuse me, a multitude of lesser angels who, after their fall from heaven, could likely be identified as demons or evil spirits. Satan and many of these lesser angels were exiled to the earth and the atmosphere around it. This is where they do their evil work as God allows because of this constant presence of evil and its influence. All of humankind must choose whether to follow God or to follow 
result of humanity and sin rebellion against God, the New Testament hereafter referred to oh in the New Testament, excuse me, describes the world as estranged from God and seized by Satan, who now exercises a great deal of authority on the earth. So demons are spirit beings that have personality and intelligence. Yes, members of Satan's kingdom, they are part of a highly organized empire of evil that has authority over the kingdom of the air. That's Ephesians 2.2. As agents for carrying out Satan's purposes, demons are enemies of God and humans. Demon spirits are totally evil, filled with hate under Satan's authority in order to overcome the schemes and temptation of Satan and his demonic forces. We as Christians must wage continual spiritual warfare against them. So the many accounts in the Bible make it clear that it is common for demons to dwell in the bodies of some was 
destroy Satan's power is by driving out demons, which is by his authority, forcing them to leave the person's body and give up control of the individual's life by the total defeat of Satan. Oh, excuse me, by the total defeat of Satan. An evil came through Jesus' death and resurrection, by which he paid the penalty, the penalty for our sin. This victory shattered the power of Satan's kingdom and restored the power of God's kingdom in people's lives. Jesus' work and personal sacrifice made Satan's defeat certain and gained God's victory over him and held the place of eternal punishment, torment, and separation from God. Has been prepared by God for the devil and his demons. So now let's finish this up by talking about believers, us, those of us that are followers of Christ and demons. So God's word teaches that because God's Holy Spirit lives within each true follower of Christ, a Christian cannot be demon possessed. Get that through your mind. A true follower of Christ cannot be demon possessed. God's spirit and demons can never live in the same body. Demons may, however, influence the thoughts, emotions, and actions of Christians <coughs> who fail to follow and respond to the leading of the spirit. So Jesus promised his followers that they would have the authority, that they have authority over the power of Satan and demons. As we confront them, we must rely on Jesus and use his authority to bring the power that demonic forces want to force upon us and others. This means we must wage intense spiritual warfare through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of God is the only source that frees us from the power and influence of the devil's darkness and brings us into God's spiritual light with victory. So according to the parable of today's passage, Mark 3.27, spiritual conflict against Satan and his demonic forces involves three stages of spiritual battle. So stage one is to declare war against Satan according to God's purposes. Stage two is to enter Satan's territory, which is any area where he has a stronghold or has strongly forced his evil control. Then attack and overpower him through prayer and God's word. By doing this, God will destroy the devil's weapons of deception and temptation. And the third and final stage is take what the devil possesses. This means helping to liberate those who have been enslaved by Satan's power and helping to restore them to God so that they may receive forgiveness and new life through faith in Christ. So as we boldly embrace the authority and power of God, we should take the following steps in our spiritual battle. Step 1. Recognize that we are not in conflict against flesh and blood, <coughs> meaning human persons, powers, and purposes, whether we are fighting against spiritual forces and powers of evil. Step 2. Remain deeply committed to God's truth and to living by the standards of His Word. 
faith that Satan's power can be broken in any specific area where he might have control. We must realize that God has given Christ's followers powerful spiritual weapons for the destruction of Satan's strongholds. Step 4. Boldly proclaim the message of Christ in his kingdom, which is his highest power, authority, purposes, and way of life through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Step 5. Challenge Satan his power directly by relying completely on Jesus <coughs> and taking authority in his name, using God's word, praying in the Spirit, fasting, and driving out demons. Step 6. Pray particularly that the Holy Spirit will work on the consciousness of people who are spiritually lost, or who are those who have not accepted forgiveness from Christ and do not have a personal relationship with God. Only the Holy Spirit can truly convince them or convict them of their sin, the truth of God's word, and the fact that they will be judged by God's standards. And step seven, the final step, desire, pray for, and expect the Holy Spirit to be active in your life, your ministry, and your church through His spiritual gifts, which are the special abilities and empowerment that He gives for the purpose of building Christ's church and encouraging those who are part of it. Among those gifts are healing, prophecy, tongues, miracles, signs, and wonders. It cannot be emphasized enough. We must be in a right relationship with God and fully equipped to do spiritual battle by spending our time in prayer and God's word. We must have a deep understanding of God and his word, and we must be actively growing in all spiritual areas for our Christian life. This is important <coughs> because we are no match for Satan's powers on our own. As Christ followers, we must pray constantly and remain spiritually alert, relying on God's strength and resources to recognize and conquer Satan's evil schemes and to maintain a strong faith. We must also rely on God so that when we do come face to face, demonic powers, we will be able to fearlessly exercise Jesus' authority over them. And tomorrow's Bible readings are Leviticus 7.28 through 9.6, Mark 3.31 through 4.25, Psalm 37.12 through 29, and Proverbs 10 verse 